Welcome to episode 22 of the Camera Shake podcast with me, Kirsten Lutz and Nick Kirby, where we talk about photography, video, cameras, tech, and anything and everything that's got anything to do with creating photos and making videos. And if you're listening to the audio version and our silky smooth voices aren't enough for your eardrums, you can head over to YouTube and watch us there in glorious Technicolor. So today is a little bit different because uh, we're not in the same space today, um, mainly because um, I've been suffering from a very like, like a really annoying cold um, over the last few days, and it's uh, I'm happy to say it's got, it's not COVID nineteen. So I we literally sure. just have a cold. <laughs> I am yeah 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 yeah. I am actually sure. Um, I'm sure because my my daughter passed it on to me, and she um, she was tested, and it was negative. So it's so good. Also, I also I've never had a temperature, so that's the other thing. So, well, some might say and, that uh, doesn't mean you're ill. Good yeah, man well, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Although I do have a cough, so you know that I think everybody else would naturally assume that <laughs> you know I'm a COVID sufferer, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm alright. Um, yeah, it's 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 just running in our family at the moment. Um, in fact, my two daughters have had it. And my wife's just coming down with it. She's just uh, like started complaining last night that she was not feeling well. Yeah. Um, and uh, my stepson had a sore throat as well. So, well, I'm sure you're yeah. in trouble for uh, passing it on now. Well, sharing is caring, as I say. You know. You see. <laughs> but I blame I blame my daughter. So, you know, she was the first one. <laughs> so yeah. So and that's also why, and of course, uh, for for you who listen um, on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can't see this, but I am going to be slurping some um, lemon honey honey lemon thing uh, throughout the show because. Well, uh, that yeah. doesn't look like a regular glass to me. No, this is the glass of death. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, so so uh, when so this is the thing. Like when I'm ill or when I'm sick, I have to drink out of the skeleton cup because you know uh, clearly being a guy and suffering very severely from man flu, I am always on um, you know on on death's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah yeah well obviously Ooh. i saw you on uh when did i see you? monday monday yeah. Ooh, monday and um i'm just starting to feel a slight tickle on the back of my throat as of yesterday oh really okay yeah so thank you for that that's how it starts yeah that's yeah. how it starts thank you <laughs> that's actually that's honestly how it started yeah <laughs> yeah but um i mean on on the positive side um you know as far as colds Go, this isn't really the worst cold I've ever had um, because, you know, I haven't had a, a temperature or anything. It's been, it's actually been all right. Yeah. You know, I've, I've felt like, you know, a little bit tired and whatever. Um, but I've just kind of pushed through it. So I've been working and, you know, doing all the stuff that I would have normally done. So I haven't really succumbed to, you know, the inviting side of the couch and Netflix. Yeah. Well, just be thankful. <laughs> it's nothing worse than a, a cold, man. Yeah, and you know that's it's it's interesting you say that because that's exactly how I've been thinking. Mm. Um, you know, under normal circumstances, I would have been like, "Oh God, I've got cold," blah blah, blah and I feel like terribly sorry for myself. Um, but of course, under these circumstances, I'm really just glad I I didn't catch anything that's that's worse. Okay. You know, so so yeah, so which is kind of why I've decided not to take a day out or something. Um, although, you know, my wife's put it to me that it might be a good idea for me to just stay in bed for a day. Um, but it's kind of thought, you know what? Oh, yeah, get in other bed. people uh, get in bed, yeah, put I mean, the iPad on, stick Netflix on, and just chill out. Yeah. And 
Yeah, but you know, but then you know what you know what it's like. Um, that sounds like a good idea at the time, but then you're like you know all of your like all your work starts uh, building up, and then you, you know you come back and you're just stressed, super stressed out because you're then looking at like a mountain of stuff that you have to do. So yeah, I just thought you know whatever. I can understand that, and to be honest with you, when I'm when I am feeling unwell, it it depends what kind of unwell I'm feeling, but more often than not, I feel better by doing something. Than yeah. just lounging yeah. around, you know, laying. This, but occasionally, sometimes it's the best thing to do. But I think you're probably better off doing something. I mean, I think you know, slower. yeah, uh, you know, when you're when you're at the point where you have a temperature and like, you have a fever, and you know, and then then really, it's just time to just like put on the Netflix, <laughs> you know, and um, or or Disney Plus or mm. something, something of that nature, and then just kind of hit whatever series and just binge watch it. Talking about binge watching, I just started watching a, a series uh, with uh, with Hilary Swank um, on Netflix uh, yeah. called. Have you seen it? Mm. Cool. I've forgotten what it's called though. <laughs> <laughs> is it called? Um, is it called Away or something? Away, Arrival. Oh, no, away. away, Away. Yeah, I think it's Away. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's kind of slow moving. You know, funnily enough, it's sort of uh, we, we are three four episodes in, and the action is just you yeah. know starting to happen. So um, it's a really long, slow buildup, and now we're at the point where uh, one of the guys has just come down with this virus. Oh, uh, yeah. It does yeah. start to move now. I've, I've, I have watched all yeah. of it, and um, it does start to move over the next few episodes quite significantly yeah. in comparison to the first sort of two or three or so. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good. I really enjoyed it. I've, I've pretty much binged the whole lot in a couple of days, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah. I've been trying to place him for ever since I watched it and I've not looked it up because it's been bugging me and I want to remember and I can't place that actor in what I've seen him before. Same exact thing. It's exactly what I was thinking, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I've definitely come across him before and it'd be probably totally obvious when somebody tells you. Yeah, but I feel like it's something else sci-fi related. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if anybody knows, <laughs> do let us know in the comments because it is bugging the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always weird um, because they must have shot this like last year, or whatever. Yeah, and of course this whole thing about him coming down with the virus, and then they were all like wearing you know protective gear and stuff, and you kind of think, ooh, okay, that's a that's a little close to reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I think you probably you probably pick these things up. In retrospect, you know, when you when you watch like movies yeah, and stuff, you kind of think, "Oh, how did they know? You know, yeah. how did they know last year?" But yeah, so that's kind of, that's what we're binge watching. We still haven't finished the last um, the last season of Shit's Creek. Never seen. So that. that's another. Th- I really, that's mm. you really should watch that, man. That's that is wicked. Yeah, I've got a couple of things like that, that I need to actually get around to start watching. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the other one that I keep getting recommended oh, yeah. and I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, Shit's Creek is good. I mean, obviously it's been on for years um, and we were kind of late starters with that. Mm. Um, but it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, really, it's really well written. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's just funny. So, yeah, that's, uh, those were our TV exploits. Nice. <laughs> this week. Good choice. Good choice. I like it. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we've been really busy yeah. um, photographing stuff over the weekend and stuff. So 
Yeah, been, yeah, uh, we've, we've had a few bits going on. Favorite um, favorite parts of the week was uh, was Monday night when I I did see you last. Um, yeah, doing some light painting. That was such good fun. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, what we ended up with was fantastic. But um, why don't you tell everyone what happened at our first location? So we'd already shot two two images at. Um... At, at another location nearby or not too far from your house actually mm. um and it seemed to be like the perfect location it was like a like a really modern but classic style architecture sort of building it's actually a museum isn't it i think it, it yeah technically it is yeah 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 so um but it looked really cool um it's a really great backdrop and it was lit quite well and and so it it just works as a as a backdrop for a, any kind of car and so we did a few weeks ago. We did a test uh, test shoot there with your car, um, and then we <laughs> then we shot last the, the week before last. We shot um, a Ford Fiesta RS, RS, yeah, which is like the weirdest. Isn't that the weirdest machine? It's like a Ford Fiesta, like which which is a tiny tiny car um, with a three hundred and thirty horsepower engine like put in it. it. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes some, yeah. Yeah, that is. I mean, that that engine would be extremely powerful in any car, but in a car as light as that, mm-hmm. it just turned that into a mini rocket. It was just like, incredible. It's a really sought after car that is, and they they don't. I don't think they made mm. many of them either. Well, we didn't drive far in it, but um, it was like every time you you just looked at the uh, the accelerator, it just shot forward like a like a yeah. rocket. It was yeah, it was insane. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, so we shot that one, um, and then we came back for a third image. With a, with another car with a Porsche this time or Porsche, Porsche, it's Porsche. Porsche. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and that time we got busted by security. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was frustrating. Yeah. So we got um, we were requested to be in a really nice polite way. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, apparently we were technically on private land, which. I'm not sure we realized at first. Had we known, obviously we would have uh, done something about that in advance. Yeah. Um, but we didn't know. Um, they just asked us to move on. What was odd, though, is that they'd been watching us on a camera the last couple of times that we'd done it and not said a word. <laughs> yeah. But this time yeah, decided well, enough's enough, I guess, and um, asked us to uh, move on. Um, so we did, and we found another yeah. location. Well, so I mean, there's just two things. First of all, the um, on the second shoot, we had somebody ask us about what we were doing there, and we explained it. You know, we showed them some of the some of the images that we ta- that we had taken, and it was all cool. They were very interested in in like how we were creating what we were creating there. Um, we had a nice chat. Everything was cool. You know, they let us go about our business, and um, and everything was fine. No problem. Nobody told us to leave or anything like that. Right. It was all very friendly. You know, no problem at all. Um, and then. On Monday night, um, it was like, oh, uh, you've been told not, you know, you've been told to uh, to kind of go away last time. We we're like, no, we weren't. Quite the opposite, actually. We had a nice chat with somebody. Was, everything was fine. Everybody was happy. You know, no problem. We're not, I mean, um, you know, to say that we were on, on um, private property, also, I mean, first of all, that wasn't, that wasn't obvious at all because it was no. actually a, a public highway. I mean, first of all, and then I can see, I mean, Probably where the car was parked, you could kind of argue that that would have maybe you could kind of say, okay, well, that was a little bit off of the main, you know, the main road. It was by the side of the road, maybe. 
maybe that's uh, part of the private property. I don't know. Maybe maybe the college owns the road. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just it wasn't obvious. No. Um, and um, and although the security guy was also very friendly, mm-hmm. it wasn't. You know, and the thing. You know, the thing there is, um, and I've heard this actually quite quite often. I hear this is when you know people have uh, altercations with security guards, especially in London. London is one of these. Uh, places where it's not it's not difficult to get into scrapes with security mm. because um, in London uh, a lot of the time you you actually very often on private property especially in front of public uh, not public goods or in front of like uh, you know one of the one of the famous um, uh, kind of landmarks you know if you're in front of the Shard for example or um, in uh, in, in the business district or something like that, it's really you, you most of the time you're actually on private property although it wouldn't look like that at all yeah. you might. You might reasonably think you're actually on a, on a public highway, but you're not. And you wouldn't believe how quickly you've got security on your back. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's actually, to be honest, that's partially, it was one of the reasons why I bought, why, why I originally bought the uh, the Fuji X100F. It's because it's, it. you kind of describe it as being a professional body crammed into a professional camera in terms of, you know, image quality and the rest of it cramped into a body that looks like a compact camera. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I, I have to say, I've never had any, I mean, even in places where previously, um, it was kind of dicey cause you rock up with a big camera body and a big lens and then you immediately look like, you know, a professional photographer, even if you don't have a tripod, if you have a tripod, does a dead giveaway, you're out, <laughs> you know, but even if you just, uh, rock up with, you know, um, a big black professional looking camera um you're immediately deemed to be a professional photographer and therefore you're doing something for money and therefore you're not supposed to be there yeah sort of a thing you know and then you're being asked to to move along or or in extreme cases you know um you, you're being asked to either surrender your sd cards which is like totally unreasonable no way <laughs> um or to delete the images mm-hmm. straight on the camera you know um so i've heard all these things Sometimes I find it a little bit worrying when when you hear people talk about this, like other photographers, and they kind of go, "Oh yeah, and this you know massive argument or punch up or whatever with the security guy," and you kind of think, "Really, why did it? I mean, how how did it come to that in the first place? Like, yeah. surely, you know, because my my attitude has always been like, if you have if you've been asked to move on by security, there really is no point arguing. You can reasonably ask why and what the justification is, and you know, um, and that's fine because everybody deserves an explanation and everything, but ultimately." You know, I think if you then start an argument um, and and things get out of hand or whatever, that's not only you know bad for you at that moment, and it could end you. It could end, you could end up in like serious trouble with the law potentially. Um, and what's, but it's also it kind of and what security guard everything. has ever backtracked on asking you to move on? Probably none, none right? ever. So there's no <laughs> yeah, point right. even arguing it. You should understand <laughs> no. why and where that where those boundaries are. Yeah. You know, if the boundary is another fifty foot that way, then all right, we'll go fifty foot over there. Yeah, and and, and it is not uh, it's not easily identifiable, especially no. when you're in London, like when you're in you know near Canary Wharf or something. You have no yeah. idea that you're not on on uh, public turf. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to see. So, and there's some buildings even where, you know, you're not allowed to take pictures because they're for some reason protected or blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. I would just, there's lots of legal ins and outs. Um, but, 
Um, but it, the point I'm making is that, you know, when you, as a, as a photographer, and you might even be well within your rights to be in a certain place. But at that moment, if you start getting aggressive or you start an argument, then you really also ruin it. You're ruining it for everybody else too. Exactly. So then photographers in general, you know, get a bad reputation. And actually, um, the vast majority, the vast, vast, vast majority of people who would take pictures of Canary Rockers, and they're probably tourists anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there's no... Like there's no um, financial interest in that or anything like that. No. You know, monetary interest is just um, a lot of times so it's just all just a bunch of nonsense. Or like, you know, the people who are maybe members of a camera club and they want to take some cool pictures for a competition or something like that. But it's not, there's, you know, nobody's really earning money. Or the, the fewest, the smallest number of people would actually be um, benefiting financially from yeah. anything like that. So. Yeah, most of the time it's all it's all just nonsense. But it's my point is, yeah. So if you know if you're if you've been asked to move on, um, then it's it's probably a good idea to just find a different angle. Exactly <laughs> right. Not start an argument. Uh, totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. So you know we actually ended technically ended up on private land on Monday night afterwards, but it was <laughs> land I'm allowed on. Thankfully. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that that makes all the difference. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But the shoot was great. Um, I think we learned more um, doing doing this car. You know, the Porsche's got, you know, I think what's become quite apparent over the few light painting shoots that we've done now is that it does make a, there was three factors that really are making a huge difference to the outcome. One is how dark it, it is outside and whether we still get any daylight whatsoever. Two is the lines of the car really do make a huge difference on how those, particularly how those reflections are working. And then three, the color of the car, um, you're certainly finding in editing, I think, um, is making a massive difference on, on, again, on reflections and uh, uh, things like that. Um, So they've probably been the three challenges, I guess. Yeah, it's it really is one of these things where um, you know whenever you learn a new technique or you practice a new technique, it's it's really um, it literally is a matter of practice. Mm. You know, you just it's just incredible how uh, how much of a difference um, the you know reflectivity of the paint makes in the car or, or the lines of the car. You know, the way um, the way the light reflects and everything else. So um, and of course you get to try out different things. You know, when we do. Uh, with this particular uh, technique, you kind of do passes at the car with with the light source, and it really depends on how how far above the car you are, or what angle you are, or whatever. And so it's just really a it, it, you you develop the ability to even just to already uh, see whilst you know whilst you're making a pass, you can already see the reflections happening, mm-hmm. um, and you don't even have to wait for the for the final photo um, anymore. You know. Yeah, and you can already kind of tell, oh well, that went well, or that's not going to work because there's going to be a massive light streak across the windscreen or whatever. Yeah. So, it's um, it's definitely it's a learning learning experience for I sure. Uh, you know, and that's that's the creation part of it, um, and likewise, the same thing's happening with the editing part of it. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah, what um, I really took away from Monday was mm. um, you know when we were uh, so. 
for those who aren't aware, you know, we'll specifically make passes to like different areas of the car, right? And one of the kind of final touches is we we do the wheels, right? As kind of separate yeah. shots. What really struck me on Monday was that we've typically gone in a circular motion with the light on, yeah. on the wheels, which kind of makes sense to do it that way. Wheels around, kind of feels right to do that. But yeah. when you suggested um, let's... Let's also try a kind of a cross, you know, up, down, up, yeah. down, left, right, left, right, and see what the difference is. It was a marked difference, and it looked yeah. better. So on that car, in that situation, it looked better. Yeah. And, that, and that was, actually, was a really big takeaway for me, that was. Yeah, and that was, that was the, um, the part of the shot that, we actually, that I actually used in the edit, was, the, was not the circular one. Yeah. And when you see it on the screen and you compare it, it's like, well, it was a difference like day and night. Yeah. But yep. it's just the reflections and the way the light came off of the, uh, the whatever the spokes of the wheel or whatever mm-hmm. um, that really looked so much better on the on the kind of horizontal vertical movement. Yeah, it was. You know, it was just it more just more flattering. Um, I, it yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. A, it's probably the best way to to describe it. So yeah, so that that you know that you know we didn't do it on on that evening, but you know that kind of thing may pay to try out on other areas of the car as well, just to see what happens, you know, we're typically yeah. going, you know, over <clears throat> and across or what, what, depending on um, what area of the car we're doing, maybe we'll start, yeah. you know, try out something like that and see what happens. You know, my, my point, yeah. I think my, my point really is, is that don't be afraid to try things out in a slightly different way and just see what happens. What, what time have you taken to try that? No time mm. at all. As long, how, however long the, the shutter is open for, which yeah. frustratingly does take a while, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. you know, you, there's nothing lost. Why, why not try it? Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many takeaways from, from these, um, you know, I mean, so far, if you think about it, you know, we've done, um, we've done a number, I mean, we've done a number of cars now and actually funny enough, we've got, we've, we've been offered more cars to shoot as well, which is, yeah. which is even better. Um, to I the think... point where we have, haven't even edited all of the cars that we've shot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That. Uh, oh, what was what was that car we got offered recently? I can't. Offered oh, Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely have to do that. Yeah. That'd be cool. And that's um, like, again a completely different color. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so it's um it's really getting interesting um yeah. with that you know where we're getting to um you know we're getting to shoot like really interesting cars actually yeah you know so. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's like I said. Like every time we learn something, we learn something new. Well, you know, it's because it's such a two-parter. You know, you've got the actual practical part of it, which is lighting the car. You know, working out. Um, you know, lighting the background, and then mm-hmm. um, doing that on location. Uh, but then in the edit, for instance, it's it's all about kind of reducing it down to a manageable number of layers in Photoshop, for example. So let's say you know, typically. Um, let's say, I don't know, let's say we take between 30 and 40 shots of the car all in, including headlights and everything else. Um, and then, you know, for the first few times I did that, I literally used about 30 layers or something to create the final image. And then sort of over time I've managed to, um, to get rid of the layers that don't really add anything, you know? And so Mm -hmm. what you end up with is maybe only 12 layers rather than 
30 or 40. And those 12 layers are actually the ones that are useful, or not only useful, but those, those are the ones that look really good to give you everything that you need. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it will make your um, your document so much more workable, yeah. you know, because it'll it'll be smaller, uh, it'll be easier to save, um, it'll just you know it'll just be an easier thing to work with, and it'll be easier to jump back and forth between uh, Photoshop and Lightroom. It's in Photoshop once you hit it, there's a file limit, there's a file size limit, and once you hit that, it's basically you have to save it in a different format, um, in a in a large uh, document format, um, but then that means that you can't open that in Lightroom because you need to save it as a TIFF, basically. Mm-hmm. So when you in Photoshop, um, in order to open a file, to just save and open it again in Lightroom, it needs to be saved as a TIFF. And there's, again, there's a file, there's a file size limit on that. Um, and so really um, sorting out the layers beforehand not only makes the whole editing process more efficient and much quicker, and actually the car is going to look better, um, but it'll also save you a lot of time and hassle uh, later on when you want to go back into Lightroom to just put on those those finishing touches, you know. Because at the moment, the way um, the way I'm editing anyway is I do the bulk of the the heavy lifting in Photoshop, so all the layering, all the compositing, all that kind of stuff, um, and then I like to edit the colors and um, give it just some extra crunch and do the cropping and everything else in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. So. It's really quite. It's quite essential to come back into Lightroom afterwards. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. that, and that's really when it really gives it. That just elevates it from being a really cool photo to like something you go, "Geez, that really jumps out of the <laughs> out of the picture." You know, that's the thing. So, um, so yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun process. And then of course, you know, the other thing is, um, it's just sort of uh, working out how to reduce the the kind of workload. Because an edit like that, in the beginning, you know, I would be in one of these shots for like a few hours, you know, two, three hours maybe. Um, and and you want to you kind of reduce that time so you can make it as efficient as possible so that you can maybe do it in an hour, for example. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're going great guns at the minute, enjoying, enjoying doing that. And it's, what I love most about it is it's really fun to be out there doing it you know it's a fun process it's exciting when you start seeing it come together and you get that you're starting to get those those shots and you can see how they're going to work together um i'm loving it yeah. i'm absolutely loving it it's it is really fun and i'll tell you what it's really fun uh, again like just from the from the editing perspective because you don't really know what you're going to get uh, until you you put the, the photos on your computer and you start editing mm. You know, and it's just, you still always have this kind of doubt, you know, this kind of worry. You think like, oh, I'm not too sure whether I'm going to be able to pull this one around or I don't know how that's going to come out or, you know, and then, you know what I mean? It's like that you always have that kind of that nagging worry in the back of your mind. But then when you see it come together and you kind of go, Ooh, okay, that's going to look yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> you know, then it's like, it's this real kind of thrill moment, mm. you know, this, mm. and uh, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a bit like thrill seeking. <laughs> in a very strange, nerdy, photoshoppy kind of kind of a way, um, but it's yeah, super good fun. Yeah, putting these together. So we took um, so I filmed that session on um, on Monday, and yeah. created a thirty seconds ish. Actually, we're probably I'm probably filming all in all about fifty minutes. I think we're out there. So yeah, compress that down into thirty seconds of um, you know, kind of time lapse, if you like. But it was actually video sped mm. up. Um, four thousand percent. I think I sped that up in the end. 
worked like a tree. Oh, did you? Wow, yeah. okay. It's a beautiful well, thing. Sorry. And um, yeah, so that that's on our, our Facebook page. Um, and so it's worth worth checking out if anyone wants to see how we actually go about uh, doing one of these these shoots. Um, with the yeah. final image is, uh, is on there as well. Also, facebook.com forward slash camera shake podcast. Um, that's really where it's all it's all happening so if you're listening to this um and you happen to know of facebook or be on facebook um then uh, you know join us there um you know like us on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash camera shake podcast um and and join in with the discussion because we, we often post something we ask for people's opinion um and it's really great uh, you know to hear back from from people um and it's a great way for us to kind of communicate with um all of you who are listening or watching out there which would be um which would be awesome um yeah so facebook <laughs> no we're just not we haven't quite made it to tiktok yet <laughs> so well who yeah. knows how long tic- tiktok's been shut down in the us as of sunday i think it is coming up oh really um okay. so in you know two or three days and yeah, forget about tiktok now. yeah so that's who knows that could be the end of tiktok <laughs> So, if you want to see us uh, film some dances for LinkedIn, join us there. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Love it. <laughs> so, what's the next thing going to be if TikTok is... Like, Snapchat isn't really happening anymore. TikTok is dead, apparently. Um, um, there'll, there'll be something else. It'll be a TikTok equivalent yeah. made by someone else, no doubt. Yeah. Do you remember Vine? Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Mm. Wow, you're going back a few years. I don't know. You're in your age there. Hey, I used to have a MySpace profile. Yes. I have, you know. <laughs> this, yeah. that's and it was, this, that's a thing still. I know. I checked it out the other day. I was actually, I was sort of tempted to create a MySpell, uh, My, MySpell, MySpace uh, profile again, just for the hell of it. Oh, man. So you could hang out with the other three people on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah talk, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I'm saying this, you know, talking to the tens of listeners <laughs> listen to us out there. <laughs> Especially, I should say, you know, I always mention this, but we're reading to find out who that person in Maryville, Tennessee is that listens to the show. Yes. Now, please get in touch. You know, join us on Facebook um, or leave a comment on uh, on the YouTube um, uh, video. Um, it'd be That's been bugging us mm. like forever. Um, so, yeah, whoever that is, resident of uh, Maryville, Tennessee, please make yourself known. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um be great to, to actually be great to talk to some listeners as well see um absolutely see how they found us how did you how did anybody find us yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's what i want to know so talking about um <laughs> talking about photoshop did you read about um i mean they announced it was coming a couple of years ago now i believe i think it's been a long time that this has been talked about but they're finally going to Adobe are finally going to fully announce in their October show that yeah. their AI driven, their Sensei driven um, sky replacement feature in Photoshop is finally ready to go. Can't wait! And I've seen some videos I, and some shots of it. They've done I mean, a bang up job. They've done a really how, good job on it. Like this is the most ridiculous thing, actually. Um, that I just cannot believe that it literally took, you know, that we're in nearly in, in 2021 and uh, they're announcing to add this feature. I mean, yeah. Uh, Do you know what you I know, think, think uh, happened? 
So I, I know they've taken a long time about it, but the, um, in 2019, I can't remember the company's name and that's frustrating me now, but a company will release, I, some other software came out about a year, 18 months ago or so that did this. And I think Adobe would have been ready then to release it. But I suspect because someone else beat them to the punch, they thought, well, okay, let's now make it even better. And I'm willing to bet that what they're coming out with is immense. Do you know what the really cool feature about it is? Is that, that whatever sky you choose to replace and whatever you put in as your replacement sky, it will automatically adjust the colors for your foreground to match the light that would have been there for a sky like that. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> um, Luminar has been doing this for a long Luminar. time. That's the one. Yeah. So I did a little bit of uh, property photography, and um, I um, it, I just I literally I just did that to help out uh, an estate agent um, or a realtor, uh, if you call it that. For those of you who are listening in uh, in North America, um, and. Uh, they they usually they have an in-house photographer but uh, that person left and they were looking for somebody else and so in the meantime whilst they were looking um i did some some photos for them um and of course for their intents and purposes you really always replace this guy so if you if you walk past um an estate agent's like w shop window or whatever like over here in the uk you just walk past there's lots of photos uh, in in the shop window you can look at different properties um all of these properties had the sky replaced mm -hmm. all of them because to be quite honest there aren't enough blue sky type of days in the uk so that you could photograph all of these properties and all of these photos have blue skies in the yeah. background so we we have what you know. 350 days of uh gray cloudy horrible looking skies yeah, yeah. that doesn't really make for awesome property photos does it? No, not really <laughs> come by come by this mansion <laughs> in, in scotland it looks awful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth of it of course you know that's really what it looks like over here um but uh yeah so uh, and as as part of that of course um, i had to replace disguise now i did it in photoshop with you know masking and blah blah, blah and it's it it wasn't i mean to be brutally honest it wasn't actually that hard no. you know i didn't really take that long especially if you know um how to how to mask properly or whatever um and i have a, i have a bank of um of skies Anyway, so this is just for my own amusement. This is what is what I do whenever I see an awesome looking sky. I take a photo of mm -hmm. it, and it, it, uh, I put them in a folder, uh, aptly entitled "Skies." And so I, I've built up a collection of of different skies over the last I don't know five or six years or something. And so whenever I create a photo, like an outdoors photo or something, and I want to replace the sky, um, I have a little bank of photos that I can go back to yeah. and replace them. And they all, you know. Um, it's like different different colors, guys, different types of clouds, no clouds, blah, 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 you know, lots of different stuff. Um, and, uh, but, you know, to have something where you can literally just click a button and it does it all for you and it does it well enough, then that's a great time saver. I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, obviously haven't used it yet. Um, but what I have seen in, in videos, you know, in real time is that, it does it really well. And you know what else is cool about it? Is it's non-destructive and it creates all the layers for you. So you can actually go in and quickly adjust yeah. whatever you need to, which is just a nice little touch. They could could have done away with that, but they haven't. Um, yeah. And that's a nice little the key, bonus. The key with those kind of things is always to see how it handles things like trees. Huh. You know, so yeah. if you have, if you have like, uh, 
um, sky coming up like behind you know behind trees, and you've got a little bit of sky coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Through the trees and stuff. That's those are going to be the tricky ones, and um, depending on what the focal length is and the edges aren't sharp, then it'll just that's really where you'll see whether it does a good job. Because yeah. if you have a straight line like a roof or something, it doesn't really take that much nice. to make that look realistic. But once what? you have like hedges or trees or whatever, then I, do, I don't recall seeing any examples with with trees or hedges or, or something like that. But um, one part that's one one shot that I did see was it, it was a photo of the um, uh, what was it? It was the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, right. and on the top of that, you know, you you think it's a straight line across. It's it's not. It's got loads of little kind of uprights going. And in this particular photo, they were mm. quite they're quite blurred. Right and all very okay. close together, but it managed to still do the sky in a really it, it, how you would expect it to be done. And actually, manually uh, doing that would have been an absolute pain. Yeah, it's cool. It, it looks like it's going to uh, work really well. And mm. then you've got the if it doesn't do one part quite right, you've got all the layers there to quickly go and adjust. It takes yeah, yeah. If it creates the mask for you, then you can just you go in manually and just yeah. fix it. That's that's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's. I, it's still, I just can't believe it's taken this long no, no. <laughs> for it to become. I mean, given all the other things that you could do with Photoshop. Yeah. We have a special guest on the show tonight. <laughs> Please welcome Solo the dog barking in the background. Yeah, I'm guessing the postman's <laughs> walked by. Cool. Um, yeah, Photoshop. There you go. Well, the magic's happening. Looking forward to it. They're going to talk through it some more in some point in October, which means I guess it's going to be released shortly after that do you know if it comes with a bank of fake skies yeah it does oh it does okay yeah and obviously easy enough to add your own and whatnot yeah um, enables you to zoom in and on your sky and then shift the sky around and with yeah. relative ease it does everything so you, you would expect it to do put it that way yeah but it's one thing i've learned um this is an easy uh easy mistake to make i think from a as a photographer is when you replace the sky um is that you know when you when you photograph a sky what you often do is you just point your camera up and you just take a picture <laughs> and then yeah. the clouds appear in the way that they appear right but of course when you're like, like let's say you're looking at something in the distance and the sky you see the sky behind it you're really looking at the clouds from a different angle yeah they don't look like the clouds right on top of you. So if you then replace that sky with a shot that you've taken at a slightly different angle, then it really it starts to look unrealistic. It looks off. So that's yeah, it's off. Yeah, and you, very often you can't really put your your finger on it necessarily immediately, but you kind of think it just doesn't look real. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The other thing is that um, this is another very common mistake: is that you see images where. Um, that were taken at a, at a particular focal length and maybe you can see the sort of uh, the sharpness of it or the depth of field it's kind of falling off towards mm -hmm. the distance so so the uh, the objects in the you know in in the distance are um smoother or not quite as quite as sharp as um as the objects in the in the midground and the foreground but then when they replace the sky the sky is tack sharp <laughs> and you can go well that doesn't and then of course that's blatantly obvious so it's really important to work with like blur filters or something mm -hmm. to blur the sky just the right amount so that it actually looks like it would look had it been there in the first place, yeah. you know. So those are like little, I mean, 
they're really no-brainers when you really think about it. Yeah. You know, um, they're easy to forget easy if you to haven't learn. done it a lot, um, or you're just le- yeah. learning to to do it. It's very easy to forget. But it's like it's once you've been shown, or you talk about it again, or whatever it might be, you go, "Of course, of course." Yeah. And as soon as you see it in practice, it just looks infinitely better. Exactly. And sky replacement is such a common technique as well. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, mm. it's used, we mentioned it earlier, it's used in property photography, but it's used in landscape photography. It's used in like so many uh, different scenarios. It's yeah. just, it's a very typical, because the one thing you can't control is the weather, mm. you know, when you're out shooting something um, and you can have the best location and, the, you know, uh, we turn up on a given day at a given time and the weather is crap or the sky looks horrible, then... You know, you get a, you can't, you know, very often you can't just, if you just flown to the Caribbean to take, you know, to take some photos of a, of an awesome beach and then there's some annoying, I don't know, clouds in the sky, then, uh, you know, you're going to be able to fix that somehow. So it's a question for you. (laughs) When you do come across a sky that you, you like, you think, oh, um, that's a cool sky. I'm going to take a photo of that. Do you do, um, a few different perspectives of that sky. So like you were just talking about, you know, if you're taking yeah. a, you know, a shot pretty much head on and you're, you know, your sky's maybe starting halfway through the frame and back, whatever it might, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you're taking an angle like that. You, you've kind of then perhaps doing slightly. Yeah, I do. Angles. Yeah. I take it. Yeah, exactly. I, t- I take a few shots. Um, I also take a few shots with where I may even still have a little bit of the foreground yeah. um, in it. So, you know, you can see, I don't know, um, the skyline or the, roofs or trees or whatever because because the reality is you're never really gonna i mean the sky is never going to make up a hundred percent of your image there's always going to exactly. be something in the bottom half isn't it or like yep. in the bottom third of it or whatever so so uh, you know when you shoot the sky that's the part that you don't really need so you might as well you know you might as well take um a shot that's more or less straight ahead mm-hmm. with about two-thirds of sky and one-third of whatever you know, because that may potentially be plenty to replace a sky in another photo, you know, yeah. where you might not necessarily need that much. So, um, yeah, it's totally worth doing. And of course, that's going to be the perfect perspective when you're replacing a sky that's shot in that way, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, so I do, I do a lot of different, um, different ones. I also do different exposures. That's, that's another thing that's good. Um, and then in the, because often I have the Fuji with me and the Fuji has a built-in ND filter. So I do some, with the ND filter and some without, and then that gives me just a few options. And I might come, I don't know, I might, I might come, you know, if it's a really cool sky, I might come away with like let's say twelve pictures or something. Oh, nice, yeah. You know, and then and every time you move the camera, of course, the, the clouds are in a slightly different position, and it just gives you some options then later on when you mm. when you're trying to find the sky. Because very often, it's um, it's a matter of you know, you look at the image, you kind of go, okay, I think I'm going to replace the sky, but then you sort of go through your I have my little folder or a little library of, of you know sky, replacements guys and you just go through it and you kind of go oh maybe this could work or maybe that could work or there's you know different degrees of orange that's the other thing so you can you think of the scene you kind of think okay could it you know could it work sometimes you want to match the the time of day you know because the the light is in a, in a way where mm-hmm. you, you could match it quite well um and other times you might actually want to change the time of day in a way, you know, you have a sky that's got a lot of orangey kind of colors in it. And you might think, oh, actually, you know, if I change my base image to make it look like it was taken um, at that time of day, it might actually look better. Mm-hmm. So I, d- I did that with um, a shoot where I shot a, um, 
it was a model shoot with uh, an old um, Chevrolet pickup truck from the 40s. Um, and there were two portraits I did. One was um, a portrait of the, the truck itself with uh, a model on the on the on the hood and the owner standing next right to it, uh, right next to it. And then the other one was an interior shot where both people are in the car and it's you know, uh, and you can see you can see through the side uh, window and and the windscreen. And so there were all full sky replacements in there. Because actually, I, I, the shoot took place in a wooden area, a wooded area uh, outside of a place called Bedford, um, and it was a, a pretty drab day, like it was like gray and it wasn't raining, but it was about to sort of thing, you know. Um, and since the whole scene was artificially lit, <coughs> then replacing the sky and making it look like um, there were colors in the sky and stuff was it really gave that image. Um, like it really made that image because it really brought some color into into that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah, worked out really well. Um, and the skies I use for that, it's actually it's funny because there's there's a couple of skies I use a lot because I just love them. And um, there's some skies I shot at Lake Tahoe in uh, Northern California a few years ago when I was there with my wife. Um, and some skies that uh, we shot in Canada um, that work really well. Um, and some we shot in the Nevada Desert, I think. Nice. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So it was just like you know, this is a typical thing. Like you're just driving on the highway, and um, you know, it's getting like later in the day, and all of a sudden, the sky starts to look a certain way. You know, we just stop, take some pictures of the sky, you know, and then carry on. Yeah. It takes like a minute, um, and because the cool skies, and you use, you know, years from then. Again, I've got them in a little, you know, my little library folder, and I get back to them whenever there's. And, you know, sometimes it's just like you're just replacing a bit of sky through a window, for example. It might not necessarily even be the whole thing. How do you go about making that look realistic? Because obviously just placing the sky there is not going to work. It just look out of place almost. How do you go about making a sky through? Uh, let's, take, let's take the car sh- shoot um, where you've got the you can see the sky above. You can see the people in the car, but you can still see the sky through the windows. How do you go about replacing the sky behind the windows, if you know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of masking involved, mm. you know, and you mask a lot of stuff out. Um, you need to make sure that you blur the sky. I mean, this is, again, it's, it's very essential uh, to to ensure that the depth of field is adhered to, you know. Um, in this particular uh, cartridge, actually, that was, that was really in that, in this particular photo, we shot the interior pr- primarily, and you could see the um, the sky through the windows, and that was really it was essential to uh, to blur that sky uh, quite a bit because the depth of field was such that it was really focusing on the interior of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would expect you would expect to uh, the sky in the background to be blurred out, and so it you know needed to be blurred. That's one thing, um, and that's just about getting the right um, blurring it to the right degree. If it's too blurry, that it doesn't. It, it's not going to look good, um, but if it's if it's not blurred enough, then it's just not going to look realistic. Um, and then the other thing is, of course, you got to remember what you're actually looking at in this instant is you're looking at a sky, but you're also looking through a window or windscreen. So you're looking through glass yeah. at the sky. So what you'd naturally have is reflections in the window. You know, you would see some kind of reflections from the interior of the car, or whatever. Um, 
<coughs> and you got to make sure that you keep those, that you mask those reflections in. Um, so there's a, there's a number of different blending modes in Photoshop that allow you to to do that um, quite well. But if those reflections weren't there, then then you wouldn't see that there's any that there's glass in the window, and then it wouldn't look realistic. Yeah. Because yeah. you know most windscreens have glass in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you would naturally expect some of those reflections to happen. If, when you put everything together and you build it back up um, like that, then it really helps to um to make it look like it's actually there and the reflections make a massive massive difference that's really the kind of thing where you look at it and think yeah it looks that's that's what you expect yeah you know uh, cool man love it yeah so what else have we got to talk about today um well i found something that made my heart jump a little bit <laughs> And uh, I think we have to we have to talk about it just uh, just as a like a fun fact type of a thing, um, obviously. And quite clearly, it has something to do with Star Wars. Ah, obvious. there we go. Obvious. It's either going to be that or dogs. That or dogs. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find anything uh, related to dogs, unfortunately, this week. But I did find something um, Star Warsy. Now, Polaroid. Remember them? Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember them? So Polaroid. Um, have just announced a Mandalorian themed camera and instant <laughs> film. When you say Mandalorian themed, what does that entail? Is that just the casing that they've done something with, or is there something inside going on that? Oh, right. Okay. Well, there is something inside going on. Excellent. So it's there's basically two things there's the camera itself, which is um, the Polaroid, I think it's called Polaroid Now. Um, and that has like a Mandalorian riding in the uh, some you know uh, edging emblazoned. It's like it's like emblazoned on it, like some logo on it, whatever. Okay. It looks kind of it kind of actually it does look cool. It looks cool enough that I really want one. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, I've been not arguing, but I've been having this conversation with my stepdaughter like for the last six months or something because she started uh, photography. GCSE, so she's photography is now one of her um, main major subjects at school, um, and she's been talking about you know uh, getting a Polaroid. And I kept saying to her, "Well, that's all well and good, but actually, you know, if you really think about it, the the films are, are really expensive, and you know, mm -hmm. so each photo is going to cost you quite a lot of money. You know, blah blah. I don't know, it's fun, yeah, yeah. So I sort of appealed to her sense of reason, right? Which with a sixteen year old is not necessarily given <laughs> you know. but uh, but this thing because it's a star wars mandalorian camera i'm kind of thinking yeah this might be quite cool <laughs> so what's going on on the on the internals that relates to the mandalorian then is there anything else all right yeah 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 so basically so the camera is you know mandalorian branded um and uh it's it looks pretty cool but um, they've also brought out um, a film, a color type film, um, that that basically has little logos and like Baby Yoda and stuff, the logos on on the actual photo when it comes out. So you know when you when you take a photo on a, on a Polaroid, it comes out and it's got the kind of white framing around it, mm -hmm. and so that's that's what uh, Star Wars branded. <laughs> they call it a special collector's edition. I see. So they call it. 
So I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not too hot on the film. I probably, um, I, I don't care very much for the film bit. No. Um, but, uh, it, but the camera itself is actually pretty damn cool. How much is it going to retail for? Oh, um, well, in the US it's $120, and I think it's about $20 or something like that for the film. Um, Maybe £100, just... yeah. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be probably around about that. Um, the standard version of this camera is, is $100. So it's, it's 20 bucks more expensive just for the um, Star Wars. Just for, just for the fact that it's a Star Wars sort of limited collector's edition. But I'm going to say it's um, worth it. <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a fun thing. And I've said this... You know, I've said this before. Um, you know, Fuji make these uh, instant uh, printer things, mm -hmm. and I quite I like these for a particular purpose um, because there are situations where um, you could just give somebody a business card, or you could just take a picture of them, you know, a little portrait, and you could print it out on a thing. It looks like a Polaroid picture essentially, and you give them that with you know your your business details, like a sticker or something on the back. That's you know, that's a much more effective way of, of marketing. It's more fun. It's more creative. It's a clever thing. It will cost you a little bit more, but actually I think it'll be a lot more effective than just handing out a business card. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you're like an event, for, like if you do, like at, I'm just from my perspective, I'm just thinking like at a conference, you know, I work with a lot of AV teams, like audio video people. And, um, you know, very often, um, you kind of shunt work towards each other, um, that way. And just for somebody to have, you know, their portrait taken by me, like a fun picture, you know, my details on the back, that's much more likely to go on the fridge than, than my business card. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it, it keeps you top of mind, mm. basically. Mm. So I think there's a particular, there could be a particular uh, purpose um, for that. And that's, by the way, that's not, I, I didn't come up with this idea. You know, I, I uh, came across that at some point. I kind of thought, wow, this is freaking awesome. And this could, I could use that that basic idea of creating something bespoke and something in the moment and something that's kind of fun and individual and personal um, in, in, in my, you know, yeah. photo like you know, on, on a, on a uh, photographic job, you know, um, for, for what I do. So, um, so I thought it was, that was a good idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm really quite on board with the whole uh, instant picture thing. And I do think it's fun and it's fun to have something physical in your hand and just to, you know, put them on the fridge or, um, you don't have, uh, have instant photos. So I'm actually quite important. What, you know, what is, uh, off-putting in a way is the cost of it. And if you think like a normal, like a standard, um, a, a standard Polaroid film, which is, I believe it's eight images on it or something. I think that's, um, that's something like, like, $16 or something. That's like two quid per picture. So if you just, if you go on holiday and you're just snapping away in the way that we're now used to doing it, because we can take as many pictures mm -hmm. as we want on our phones, you know, um, that's expensive. Man. That's going to get very expensive very quickly, you know? So it's, so it's not like that isn't the purpose of it. No, <laughs> you know, um, but the, the whole idea of taking a picture and it's immediately printing it out. And, and of course, there's also something about the way that uh, Polaroids uh, render the colors and they render mm -hmm. the shadows. Um, and of course, they don't really render them very well, but it has this sort of look, this Polaroid look, yeah. you know, that, that makes it so attractive. It's an attractive thing to look at. 
and it's an attractive thing um, to hold in your hand. And everybody wants to shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. does, you know, just for that purpose, just for that reason, um, it's probably worth getting that. Um, so if I'd ever thought about getting a Polaroid camera, then now I'd be thinking about it <laughs> even more. Well, Christmas you know. is coming up. Well, and, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it might be a possibility. I don't know. Yeah. My wife will tell me off if I just spend money on, on Polaroid cameras. <laughs> you know. I've been told in no uncertain terms. Just because of a Mandalorian <laughs> novelty. <laughs> don't spend my money. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, which is great, because she doesn't, she doesn't actually watch or listen to this podcast, so. Uh, <laughs> ah, you can say what I'm you want. Fine. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, Mandalorian-themed uh, Polaroid uh, camera just in cool time thing. for uh season two in uh in a few weeks yes perfect timing of course yeah they, they thought you, yeah. you want it you might think they thought about this it's like they thought it through yeah i just <laughs> don't know how that happened. yeah and, um, and also i went to i went to our local camera store for the first time um a couple of days ago and um actually on monday and uh they normally have some like secondhand Polaroids. And actually I think they've got some new Polaroids in, in the store, like in the shop window usually. And I always look at them like every time. Mm. Like, oh, really cool. You know, but, uh, thinking about it and moving on, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I went to the, I went to the camera store for the first time again. And, uh, you know, I hadn't been there since March, like since before the whole lockdown thing started. Um, and that was a really, that was a cool experience because although it's a very different experience, like it really was very different. Everything is like shielded with uh, perplex, you know, plastic, and you can only, you can't really, uh, you can't really browse in there. You can just walk in. You get a mask up, um, you know, and mm-hmm. send us your hands, whatever. You walk in, and you're you're surround. You're in this little uh, area that they created uh, with like um, you know these glass screens, and then. Uh, when if you can't really just go around and look at like I don't know camera bags or tripods or SD cards or something, you just have to talk to somebody on the other side of the screen and they'll go and get it for you, sort of thing. And mm-hmm. you can look at it behind it. So it's a very different shopping experience. Um, but never, nevertheless, actually, it felt really quite good um, being in there, you know, and and seeing the seeing the guys that work there because I've not I've started to get to know some of them, um, and. Uh, you know, and it's a it's a weird thing because of course you can order just about anything online nowadays. You know, it. I mean, I don't, I've never ordered so many things of Amazon as I have over the last six months or something. Um, but there's really something to be said for you know sh- small businesses or small shops and stuff like that. It's just it's just a different experience, and I really quite enjoyed it. <laughs> so. You know, although what I would, what I, what I used to do in the, in the past was, you know, every time I was in town, I would just like go into the camera store and just browse, look around a little bit, just out of curiosity, you know, not necessarily buy something. I sometimes just buy a little thing, you know, um, and of course you can't do that. So that's a little bit depressing. Mm. They used to have, they used to have <laughs> what they called the wife chair, um, in the back of the store. So, you know, guys would come in with their wives, the wives would be bored out of their brains, and then it has this little table and a little armchair area where the, the wife could just hang out and chill out, fall asleep, whilst the husbands were like <laughs> oh, rummage through the store. Get, don't think you can get away with that today. God. 
<laughs> the wife. Yeah, no, it's totally, oh. it's totally cool. It's actually a very, very, very much appreciated. You know, uh, my oh, wife always yeah. like she would um, after much protest. You know, I would talk her into like a quick trip, um, you know, a quick detour to the camera store. And then she would, uh, she would um, chill out in the back there. By the way, did you hear this noise? Oh my God. It sounds like a pig. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a pig. You know, the dog's been here. When you find a pig <laughs> under <Love> your chair. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most awful sound. <laughs> Oh, well, on that note, oh. I think we've come to the end of the Camera Shake podcast, episode 22. Uh, before <laughs> we do go, let's, we should announce next month's competition. That's right. Yes. So next month, we've got another, uh, another photo competition coming up mm -hmm. uh, this time. This time, it, what is it going to be this time? This time, it's going to be, given that we've been doing a lot of car photography ourselves recently, um, yeah. obviously a very specific style, this time we're going to open it up to automotive photography. So, yes, because we want to we want to see your cars. Exactly. And um, we're not saying you have to go light paint or anything like that, but, you know, photo of your car, other cars, uh, might be long exposure on the motorway or whatever it might be, motorbikes, anything like that. <laughs> Anything yeah. automotive, we want to see it. And yeah, and it could be, it could be cars in motion. You know, it could mm -hmm. be just uh, like cool shots of cars. Could be could be details of cars. You know, whatever. Um, as long as it's automotive, you know, send your send your photos in, and you can send them into uh, you can send them into us by email. Um, that would be uh, cameraShakePodcast at gmail .com. or you could just uh, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash cameraShakePodcast. And um, and send us your images there, mm -hmm. any any which way you want to do that. You could tie them to the back of a dolphin and send that over here, um, or whatever. So uh, that would be awesome to see as many photos as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And the closing date for this one is going to be four weeks from um, today, assuming this episode does go out today. But the closing date will be the Thursday, the twenty second of October. Um, where we will announce the winner the following week on the 29th of October. Exactly. So make sure you either start taking pictures or if you've already, you know, if you get some awesome uh, car photos, um, then send them over. I'm kind of hoping that Dave Cox or, or Dan um, are going to send us some pictures because I know they've got some incredible car pictures. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure we should allow them. They're, they're too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So the other thing, um, very important, um, uh, please leave us a review, give us a star rating, um, on Apple podcasts or any, uh, any podcast uh, platform. And of course, head over to YouTube if you haven't done so already and, uh, give us a follow and subscribe to our, our YouTube channel. That'd be fantastic. All you've got to do is type uh, camera shake podcast in the search box. It's going to take you straight there. Um, it always helps the channel if you subscribe and if you like, and uh, all the rest of it, um, it just, helps us to be seen and to be heard by more people um that'll be phenomenal uh, and likewise on every podcast if you scroll all the way down to the to the bottom of your screen you can leave a review we've had a great review by the way we had our first review we did have our first review this week didn't we yeah on apple Podcasts. we did it was a great review loved it loved it, it was a really great review um 
And uh, that just, uh, yeah, just made me, made me remember that, uh, that everybody should be doing that. Yeah. Because just like, you know, just like on other platforms, um, on Apple Podcasts, of course, you know, if, if that is the way that you're, that you're listening to this podcast, um, it really uh, makes a big difference to the show. Um, the more, you know, ratings you have and the more, uh, the more reviews you have, um, the more, uh, the easier it is for people to find the podcast itself. So, you know, if you think that's a good idea, then please help us out and um, leave us uh, leave us a nice star rating and a nice review. We, we really appreciate that, especially if you live in Maryville, Tennessee. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that's all from us today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be seeing you again next Thursday. Indeed. See you then. Bye. See you then. Bye for now.